I'm Joe Devine and welcome to Whiteboard Football Extra. A quick note before we get started with today's podcast. The series is now available to listen to on iTunes and SoundCloud as well as YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, a link to our iTunes page will be provided in the description. Antonio Conte has won the Premier League in his first season with Chelsea. Today, I'm joined by Nick Miller to discuss the Italian manager, his work this season and his future. You talk about Antonio Conte as a player and how he was very functional and a bit of a workhorse at Juventus um, whilst being surrounded by very talented attacking players. It's interesting then that as Chelsea manager, his approach has been to offer the team um, lots of defensive solidity and allow those more creative players in the team to do what they do best. Do do you think maybe that's a fair way of of describing his managerial approach this season? Yeah, broadly speaking, I think that's right. I think that it might be a little bit um, simplistic, but it kind of makes sense that that might be uh, the way that he approaches being a manager. Because, as you mentioned, that's sort of the way he played. He kind of he kind of saw that having a um, solid defence and then some very creative players with licence to kind of express themselves worked with Juventus. So, you know, for Hazard, you could read Zidane or Del Piero, who he played with. He's the sort of Matic or maybe Kante figure. One of the interesting things about Conte this season, he's been very pragmatic and not in the kind of sense that that's often that word is often used as a sort of pejorative pragmatic as a sort of cipher for boring or you know functional football but um whereas there's kind of a fashion for managers being very dogmatic about a certain style he started with this 424 formation that he'd used in Italy in the past but very quick obviously very quickly saw that that wasn't working and they very quickly changed to one that would suit the the players at his disposal, and I think the, the you know one of the other ways that his playing style sort of feeds into his managerial approach is the the, the, the you'll probably have heard about these kind of very repetitive training ground drills that he does. He says he has these um, eleven against zero drills where he'll position his players and he'll often kind of stop the drills in the in the middle to kind of walk out to the pitch and literally move players around to the position that they're in. Um, I know this is, I, I believe some players are often kind of quite infuriated by it, but it's all to just ensure that they know what they're doing, they know where they should be positioned. And it's all through, it's all kind of achieving success through hard work, which is how what he was like as a player. Listen to him in press conferences, he always... One of the most frequent words he uses is work. It's like it's the kind of first word he learned in English, and he likes repeating it. Um, and uh, yeah, he'll he'll whenever a question is asked along the lines of how do you how will you sustain this uh, good run, Antonio? He'll just say, "Oh, work, work, work. We've got to work really hard." It's interesting that you mentioned um, your managers being called pragmatic, and maybe that being a little bit boring because. We uh, we made a video on the Arsenal Invincibles recently, and over the course of the last few months, we've you know done tactical videos on some of the some of, well some of the sides that are seen as the best in in recent history, and almost without fail, all of them have um, a very solid defensive setup, and I mean to the point that you could call it pragmatic. 
and then you know some incredibly talented attacking players who of course can be coached in an attacking way but there's that you know that kind of old line that you can't really teach a, a striker how to score goals you can just teach him how to create opportunities for himself you know and so I think it's I think it's that's interesting with um with Antonio Conte or even the notion of managers being called pragmatic I think a lot of those best teams in history are built on an incredibly solid defense do you think that's right so yeah the, the yeah the the obvious um thing about having a, a strong defense is you know you don't concede any goals you're not going to lose any games but it also helps out will help out, presumably help out the more attacking flair players in that they if they know that the defense is solid and they're um they don't really need any sort of extra help then that's one less thing for them to worry about it sort of it will sort of free their free their minds if you want to sound like a bit of a hippie um to you know do what they they're good at they don't have to necessarily worry about tracking back or or helping out a, a a fullback who's struggling or something like that they know that their defense is sorted they can put that out of their mind and just get on with what they what they need to do and what they're good at you mentioned his earlier years in management and some of his less successful jobs. Um, being sacked as a Rezzo manager after nine games comes to mind here. He's clearly not immune to failure. So what is it about... the? And I appreciate this is a, a very broad question, Nick. But what is it about the current circumstances that have led to, to Conte's massive success this season? Well, I think there's obviously there's an argument to say that the, that kind of early failure has sort of helped shape him. Um, it's not. This isn't in his managerial career, but he's uh, he's spoken in the past about um, being kind of fueled by this idea of failure. Um, when he was a player with Juve, they uh, blew the title in two thousand. I think it was. I think they had a six seven point lead over Lazio, and they they let it slip in the last few weeks. And he said that he he didn't sleep for a week after that, and that kind of idea of failure and the kind of idea of let's not this let, let's not let this uh, happen to us again i don't want to feel that again I don't, I don't want to be you know sleepless for a week again after a fellow like that that kind of thing will obviously uh, fuel him and just a very small tangent this was quite it's why watching pep guardiola this season has been pretty interesting because this is this is really the first season that he hasn't that, that he's kind of failed in even in that that last season at Barcelona where um uh Mourinho kind of seemed to broke his soul and he was uh he looked like a, a kind of the shadow of a man that he was before even that season he won uh the supercoppa he won um the european supercoppa and he won the Copa del Rey as well so Conte kind of has that knowledge of failure in the back of his mind so that can is one of the reasons that all drive him but I mean it it seems kind of also seems very obvious but he's just a much better coach now he's more mature he knows what works he knows how he works he knows how you know his kind of coaching stuff work Um, those kind of failures uh, with Arezzo and uh, Atalanta were sort of um, not too long after he retired as a player so perhaps he hadn't quite worked out how to think as a manager yet rather than and he he kind of still had the mentality of a player then perhaps now obviously he's been doing this for quite a long time so he knows he, he he's he's very much of the mindset of a manager and then you know in simple terms the the kind of early failures 
were with uh, struggling teams, um, and now you know he's managing Eden Hazard and N'Golo Kante, so that kind of thing helps. I think three of the last four Premier League titles have now been won by Italian managers. I might be wrong; it could be the last five seasons, uh, but it's something like that. Um, do you think maybe there's uh, a new generation of, of Italian players as we talk about Conte maturing there, uh, sort of you know getting to the right age, having enough experience to to take it on? Um, I wonder if we're going to see a kind of a glory generation uh, of uh, Italian players. Uh, you know, maybe Perlo will go into management or something. And I mean, I suppose they're all they're all um, theoretically more tactically astute than any of their English counterparts. Yeah, there's there's, there's possibly something something in that. I mean, I don't, don't think you can. Um, I mean, obviously, one of those Italian managers was Claudio Ranieri. Firstly, he's you know been around for. For a long time, and also I don't think you, Leicester was such a kind of freak last season that I don't think you can kind of um, fit that into any sort of pattern. But um, there's, there's certainly, uh, a, a, as you said, a, a group of um, that that kind of great uh, generation of Italian players coming through now. And there, there were a couple of articles. There's one by uh, Roy Smith in the New York Times, and one by Paolo Bandini, uh, Bleacher Report, I think it was, about this um, Italian coaching school that uh, they have. It's like a kind of university for managers where they basically go for a month in the summer, they stay in this kind of almost compound place and just are taught and they they work for a whole month, not only on the kind of the... um, on things like training ground drills, but they all write a sort of basically a thesis. Um, so it's you know it, it, it's obvious that a certain breed of uh, Italian managers will think about um, think think more uh, maybe intellectually is the wrong word, but they they think in that way about um, the game in in a way that perhaps um, you know managers from other countries might not. We can't talk about Antonio Conte without mentioning his highly charged personality. It's been lots of fun this season to watch him sprinting up and down the touchline, celebrating goals, and seemingly screaming at uh, all and every opportunity. Um, but is there a chance? I wonder if, if you know, the the obvious psychological effect of this on the players that kind of psyching them up. Um, I wonder if that might wane uh, once the players become used to it. You know, if it could be less effective. I'm, I'm thinking of. Um, you know, a few examples of of when it could be argued that this sort of thing has happened. I think you could, you know, and it's a slightly different situation, but you could look at Claudio Ranieri this season um, before he was inevitably fired from from Leicester, and see that you know he was he was ineffective. It seemed when it when it came to changing uh, changing the the feel of the players. Um, I think Jose Mourinho last season, uh, after winning the league, everything kind of fell apart for him, and I and I wonder whether you know with a group of players, if one or two of the influential players kind of you know lose interest or or, or, or cease being influenced by the manager, whether uh, given how you know how much it seems, maybe Conte doesn't rely on this, but Conte definitely you know uses um i suppose a real emphasis uh, in body language and lots of shouting to try and get his players amped up to do things if the players lose interest in that whether that might be um something you think could happen or something that could have a big effect on on the uh, results of the club i mean it's possible there's there's the kind of um fear that because he's so full on he's kind of you know turned it to 11 in in every game 
Yeah. There's this, there's a fear that sort of when things start to go wrong, he hasn't got anywhere else to go. After that, you know, he he, 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 I don't obviously haven't been in the Chelsea dressing room at half time in a game that they're not doing so well. So I don't know exactly what he's like, but um, if if he is kind of screaming and full on all the time, then it uh, when he needs to give um, the players a, a, a rocket, it might not have the kind of the same impact. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I just, I was, you know, when I was writing that question, I was kind of thinking about growing up as a teenager. You know, I remember, I used to be frightened when your parents shouted at you, and then one day you were, you were no longer afraid of them. Do you remember that? Do you remember that, Nick? Uh, uh yes. Um, you know, my, 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 my parents are lovely people. They, they, they don't, they, they, they didn't strike the fear of God into me like uh, apparently your parents did. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, 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 I understand the point. I, I don't. I, I, I think it certainly think it's, uh, it's possible. And um, I think it, it, we, we mentioned in the, um, in the original video that uh, Andrew Pirlo said that, that you know his kind of half time. When he when he lost his temper, he really lost his temper. Uh, so it's, it's it's perfectly possible this could happen. I don't think it will happen um, just yet. There's, there's obviously the old kind of Bella Gutman um, uh, maxim, I suppose you'd say that uh, the, the third, you know three seasons is enough for any manager. Players will just kind of start turning off after that. But I think what's interesting about Conte is that he certainly. Uh, and we have a, a relatively limited kind of pool of evidence for this, but he seems to know when it's time. He seems to know when, um, maybe when his methods are becoming not as effective, when it's time to move on. Um, he obviously left Juventus because he didn't basically didn't think he could um, do anything more, take them on, and then uh, left Italy. Uh, maybe that was more to do with uh, where he was going after Italy, but he certainly seemed to see the, his time in charge there as a kind of cycle that came to an end. So it could happen, uh, but the kind of past evidence suggests that Conte might spot it um, happening before it it really kind of takes a massive effect. You mentioned Conte's less emphatic managerial record uh, in the Champions League. Chelsea didn't feature in, in European competition this season, but they will be competing next season. Um, how how do you rate their chances given his you know prior tryouts in 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 the competition? I mean, there's the obvious thing that they'll have to strengthen. Um, a lot will kind of depend on who they get to replace Diego Costa if he does go to China, as it sort of you know the noises are that he he might. But I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't challenge. I think it's it was incredibly useful for. Um, for Conte to have this season where they haven't had, you know, games every other midweek, because just as simply as he had t- time to establish his ideas, he's had time on the training ground to kind of properly, um, sort of familiarise himself with with the squad uh, and to, you know, establish himself with them. Um, they've got obviously they've they've got a, a very good. Defence, their attackers are good, the mid- midfield is very strong. I think one of the tests will be how he kind of rotates and a, sort of adapts on the fly, because he hasn't really had to do that this season. He started out 
the first sort of month, six weeks or however long it was, um, it wasn't really working. He changed and it almost immediately worked. I was at, I happened to be at that game when he first tried the three four three against Hull, and it just clicked. And he hasn't had to really do much uh, in terms of tactical changes or rotating players for the rest of the season because that system worked. They haven't had many particularly uh, serious um, serious injuries, so he'll. You know he'll probably have to think on his feet a little bit more with the extra challenges in Europe. Obviously, he um, he has he's done that in terms of adapting and changing with Juventus in Italy. So the interesting thing will be to see if he he does it again and how successful that will be in Europe. But I don't think there's necessarily a reason why they can't. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think um, you know to see how if you know if he's forced to make another change, how that might work will be interesting because you know there's there's some evidence to suggest that David Luiz is. Um, significantly better in a back three than he is in a back two. Um, I think also you could say that you know one perhaps one of the reasons Hazard has been much better this season is because, uh, as you mentioned before, a lot of the a lot of those you know even minor defensive duties have been taken away from him. So I wonder what would happen to the team if um, if Conte were forced to change formation again. Let's let's look at some user comments now. Uh, Mister GTS ninety two says it's interesting to see that Max Allegri achieved more in Europe than Conte with an arguably weaker Juventus side domestically matching but two finals under his management so next season will be a big season for Conte to show his European skills do you think the current Juventus side is weaker than Conte's um tricky to say the the, the current Juventus side uh, it, it might be um you know Conte obviously had uh Pirlo and uh, the sort of first couple of really good years of Pogba um, but it is it, you know that this this current Juventus team have got you know uh, Higuain and Dybala and uh, Mandzukic all in the you know competing for two places up front they've still got a, a brilliant team with that uh, with that defence that uh, you know the famous defense that Conte maybe not maybe didn't put together, but um, really kind of established. Um, and I th- I, I, Conte also had to deal with sort of teams like uh, when, when you know when Barcelona were at their their peak, for example. That the, the, I think there was you could argue that there was maybe a stronger pool of Champions League teams um, that were uh, around in the you know the the, the years that. Um, that uh, Conte was was manager, and also he 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 came in. Uh, I think the Juventus had finished sort of sixth or seventh, or you know they certainly hadn't done particularly well in the the, the season that he was um, that he the season sorry the season before he arrived. So he only really had a couple of seasons to have a proper crack at it, and um, in in the subsequent years, Juventus have. The, the, or this current version of the Juventus have become much more established in the Champions League, um, and it, so if you like, he can he probably sort of did the groundwork for um, for Allegri doing uh, producing sort of better results in the Champions League than than Conte did. Uh, while we're on Europe, um, and I haven't written this down, but I'm going to put you on the spot, Nick, uh, because tomorrow uh, Tuesday we have a. Uh, tactical preview video. It's our first preview video of a football game of the Champions League final coming out. Um, and so I just wondered who who you thought was going to win. 
Oh, um, I think uh, Juventus will win. I don't have because the, 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 I think the teams are so kind of close and well matched. Don't have an enormous amount of uh, of logic to back that up, and you know, a kind of one nil affair. Possibly, yeah. I mean, you kind of it, it's always as sort of most of the season has shown. You kind of you can come up with all kinds of logical reasons as to why Real Madrid won't win, but then you know this kind of latest Cristiano Ronaldo Mark III or whatever the latest version of him is will inevitably kind of pop up with some uh, you know some absurd goal and uh, that that could sort of make a mockery of all kind of logic but I, I think Juventus will just win it I think it'll be a quite a close game but uh, yeah I think mm. I think that's what they call the magic of the cup <laughs> um, David Turner asks how likely is it that this is a bit of a, a an odd question, but how likely is it that Chelsea will sack Conte as soon as their form drops off? So, I mean, I, I gather from that what, what David is asking is, uh, you know, has Conte done enough to earn, you know, X amount through through a rough patch uh, with the team, unlike, you know, Mourinho last season, let's say, or do you think Chelsea and Abramovich are still the same side? Are they looking, you know, to gut managers? Uh, are they still looking to secure that kind of, that legacy era, or is this perhaps the beginning of it? I mean, I I don't. There's there's no reason why if um, Chelsea are in a kind of similar position to the next season in you know November December time to where they were last season under Mourinho. There's no history that provides no evidence that they will just say no, no. We've got to give Antonio a bit of time. They are the kind of um, the walking example that, of a club where sacking people works. Um, I think Alex Ferguson gave an interview the other day where he was talking about sort of you know the the, the there is you know evidence that stability at these clubs works and he, he, I think he was asked about you know whether Arsenal should get rid of Arsene Wenger. What he was basically saying was that stability worked when I was at Manchester United, um, but there's there's plenty of evidence that sacking clubs works. Chelsea have won the league title was it four or five times since Arsenal. Have last done, and they, you know, five, I think, five, yeah, and and they get through, uh, they get through managers like no one's business. So, I mean, he 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 has obviously created a lot of goodwill there, with, and he's had a brilliant season. But there's absolutely no reason why, if they, you know, if they are in the bottom half um, of the table in sort of November, December next season. There's no reason why they wouldn't they, they wouldn't get rid of him. What well, what would be more interesting is if you know January time they're fourth or fifth. Whether um, whether Abramovich will be that ruthless as to decide that that this isn't good enough. If you know Manchester City or Tottenham or whoever are kind of streaking away with it, and Chelsea is uh, still within a chance of making the Champions League, but aren't going to win the title, that would be more interesting. Gaga for Palmer says. We could have included what they think Conte is most famous for, which was his use of the four-two-four formation whilst at Bari and Siena. Um, let's take that a little bit further, Nick. As a final question, do you think that the three-at-the-back style is around to stay in the Premier League, or is it perhaps part of a, a fad for next season, as we've seen before? I know this is another in the list of uh, potentially unanswerable questions, but I am going to ask you anyway. Uh, it depends. I, I will give a bit of a cop out as an of an answer, but it will kind of very much depend on on the the, the teams, 
I think it'll stay with Chelsea. I don't think um, this idea that Arsenal, uh, that Arsene Wenger has suddenly kind of changed miraculously, and he's going to play three at the back for the rest of um, for the rest of the season. He seems to be uh, sorry for the rest of the next season. He seems to be under the impression that this is you know the magical thing that's that will that will. Um, perhaps save them, he said the other week, uh, also the other day. Maybe I should have gone to for a back three sooner. Um, I think it's uh, it's success with people like Kante will certainly maybe embolden other managers to try it. It's just another option if you've got a you know a, a group of players that um, that it fits for. You've, if you've got you know three reasonably good sort of passable centre backs and you've got two quick fullbacks, which most fullbacks are these days, then there's no there's no reason why it couldn't stick around. The fullbacks point I think is probably actually the most um, the most pertinent because so many clubs uh, because most fullbacks these days are kind of almost kind of wingers who defend rather than old style you know kick people up in the air defenders then uh they're the kind of most important people in that in that formation um because they just have so much so much to do they have so much ground to cover and if you have a couple of um rapid athletic uh wing backs full backs whatever you want to call them who can get forward and uh provide some kind of attacking width and they can can also defend as well then it just gives you much, uh, um, uh, you know, much, much more options, um, and there's no particular reason why teams couldn't try a three at the back formation as, a, as an option. Whether it will, you know, become the default, probably not. But it's uh, certainly going to be still, still you know, certainly going to still stick around. I think there was some kind of statistic, like at various points, all of the um the top six or seven have used the that, that formation this season so it, it'll pop up every now and then okay nick thanks very much for your time and we'll speak to you again soon thanks very much